0: Thank you very much, Karen, for ministering in music. As we think about the issue of trusting God and what God says about us as humans, as believers, we are sheep, we do need a shepherd, we need shepherds. And if you would like notes and you don't have a set, if you wave your hand, I think Jeff has them, he'll make sure you get a set. If you would like us set, Devon, I think Ann here, Don. <clears throat> As we discuss this study on understanding sheep, understanding people, I would encourage you, if you are an elder, you're a deacon, you're a parent, you're a husband, you're a Sunday school teacher, you're an Awana leader, or you're a believer that has a concern for others and is seeking to share with others, That you would think about how sheep are, and for all of us, stop and ponder what you and I are like as sheep. We are different than sheep in real life in the sense that we can think and we can reason. We can understand how we are and we can respond, whereas sheep in real life cannot do that. And keep in mind that in light of Scripture in the Old Testament as well as the New Testament, quite frequently... People are called sheep. They need a shepherd. Let's take our Bibles and turn to Acts. Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20, and we'll be picking up with number 7 on page 4 if you're following along in the notes. But Acts chapter 20. we get to Acts chapter 20, Paul is speaking to the uh, elders in Ephesus. He is passing nearby. He asked the elders in Ephesus to come to see him. And as he speaks to them, he says in verse 25, Now I know that none of you among whom I have gone about preaching the kingdom will ever see me again. Therefore, I declare to you today that I am innocent of the blood of all men. Remember that for three years, I never stopped warning each of you night and day with tears. And then he goes on to give some further comments. But notice particularly in verse 27. I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will of God. Paul, as a shepherd, was teaching the word of God to them. He says also in verse 28, keep watch over yourselves. Now he's writing to elders. He's speaking to elders rather. And he says to these elders, keep watch over yourself. He knew they were sheep. He knew there was a tendency to wander and so on. So he says, keep watch over yourself and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Okay, you keep watch over yourself. And as you keep watch over yourself, you can keep watch over the flock. You care for the flock. And again, he calls the church a flock. You know, sheep. He tells them to shepherd the flock then. Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseer. Be shepherds. Just as a shepherd cares for sheep, be shepherds of the church of God. And notice the end of verse 28, which he bought with his own blood. The price that was paid for the church of God, the price that was paid for the body of Christ, was the blood of Christ. Very costly. (coughs) The death of the Son of God. Verse 29, he says, I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. Even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth. Saying, shepherds, be alert. Care for the flock. Now let's go over to First Peter, chapter five. First Peter, chapter five. Peter is writing to believers who are scattered throughout a number of areas, and he addresses a variety of things, basically how to live well in the midst of persecution. And he says in verse 1 of chapter 5, To the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow elder, a witness of Christ's sufferings, and as one who also will share in the glory to be revealed. So Peter's writing as an elder, speaking to elders. Verse 2, Be shepherds of God's flock. Believers again are called God's flock, comparable to sheep and the elders were to shepherd. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, serving as overseers. Not because you must, but because you're willing, as God wants you to be. Not greedy for money, but eager to serve. Not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. Again, he clearly states in verse 2, be shepherds of God's flock. And it's under your care. You're responsible for them. You're to be an overseer. You're to provide direction for the flock because you're willing. You're eager. Don't lord it over them. Don't dictate to them. Don't try to be driving them. And Notice he says, don't Lord, it over those entrusted to you. The elders have people entrusted to them. Parents have children entrusted to them. Grandparents have children and grandchildren entrusted to them. Some believers have been given the gift of shepherding and may care for other believers in an inform, informal setting. <clears throat> They're entrusted. That implies a responsibility. And then he says, being examples to the flock. Humans need an example to follow. Now, in light of Acts 20 and 1 Peter 5, some characteristics of sheep. Real sheep, you know, in life, but also humans. We'll make the parallel. Sheep cannot live alone. Sheep cannot live alone. Impossible. If sheep are let to themselves, they will put themselves in positions of danger. See, sheep will very quickly wander from the flock. And a shepherd would have to keep a watch after them and,, oh, go after the sheep when they wondered. Remember Peter? Peter wondered. He says, "I'm not going to deny my Lord." And, you know, he denied knowing Christ three times. Now, I want you to stop and think about humans as it relates to putting themselves in positions of danger. I'll give a couple examples. Friends. Believers will put themselves in a position of danger with friends if they're not careful. That is, they will develop a deep friendship Someone may have a negative influence, and that friend may end up pulling them away. I'll say it's wrong to be friends with unbelievers and so on, but need to guard, because I could give you a list that is very long of young people, especially, who have drifted because of friends. How about the whole issue of finances? How prone we are to drift? Christian counselors would say that 85% of marital problems are related to finances. And many times, you know, a younger person says, I want what my parents had or have, and they'll go out and buy it and put themselves in debt. How long did it take the parents to get there? (laughs) Or we just want it now. And we can flash a credit card and we end up paying all kinds of interest on a credit card rather than just developing a contentment. I think also, media and technology can put ourselves in a real position of danger. I will mention this in passing. I will not comment very much on it. How many men many women and how many teenagers have got themselves into tremendous trouble morally because of media, media, and technology? Watch something on TV that has undertones of that which is not correct. You get on the internet and end up getting hooked on something on the internet. But I'm not talking merely about Morality. I'm also talking about the whole issue of games on the internet and basically becoming addicted to those. I'm not saying they're wrong to play in themselves, but see, we sheep put ourselves in a position of danger without a shepherd. Children need parents. Believers need shepherds who care. Those of you who work in Awana, teaching Sunday school, and so on, need to care for people. And observe their life and respond. Number two, a let to themselves. Sheep will put themselves in positions of starvation. If you take a group of, a flock of sheep, not a group of sheep, a flock of sheep, and let them go, they will eat a pasture to the point that the grass will not grow. You know, you can eat grass too close to the root and destroy it. And what happens? Weeds come up. So a wise shepherd knows that when you go into a new pasture, you don't let the sheep there too long, because if they're there too long, they'll eat the grass too short and you lose the pasture. So he knows when to shift them. And what happens if the sheep are let them themselves? They'll starve themselves. Think about how we as believers are prone to starve ourselves. We're very prone at times to neglect. Just gathering with other believers to be taught scripture. Kids, children may complain about a family worshiping together, you know, at home or reading scripture together. See that—that's the nature of sheep. Individually, we may go days sometimes without really thinking a lot of scripture, but we probably don't very often go days without eating. Physically. We're prone to be that way. That's the way we are. That's the way sheep are. Number three, sheep cannot care for themselves. Sheep cannot care for themselves. Sheep will eat poisonous plants if the shepherd does not keep the sheep away from it. So a shepherd knows where to lead the sheep. Ah, there's some poisonous plants there. I won't let my sheep eat them. You think about the Galatians, they went into some poisonous doctrine when the teaching was coming down the pike that, you know, you can mix law and grace. You're saved by faith, but now you have to go back under the Mosaic law. And Paul writes a strong letter in Galatians and says, no way. What is Paul doing? He's guarding the flock. Now think about sheep and just caring for themselves. Decisions. How many times are we tempted to make decisions alone and later on regret them? The older I get, the less I make decisions alone. I'll try to find someone that I respect and I think is on track and will ask their counsel. Because the older I get, the more I realize that I can't care for my show. So So decisions, I'm not talking about what clothes to wear and so on, you know. Ruth Ann hangs them out usually anyway, so (laughs) I don't have to make that one, you know. She would, you know, if I don't, if I did it myself, some of you would say, you don't know what goes together. But, you know, I don't say, uh, you know. How fast am I I'm going to drive? Am I going to find someone? You know, make that decision. I'm not talking about that type of thing, but when it comes to some of the more major decisions, we probably need to seek counsel. How about a child in school? If they're not guided by parents and encouraged by parents, may end up going with the wrong crowd. I know a number of people that are currently in prison, even though they claim they did nothing wrong, but they happen to be with the people that were in trouble. Now, that's just the nature of sheep. Number four, sheep require much attention. Paul is writing to the believers in in Corinth, and he talks to them about a variety of things. He Tells them how to live, how to respond. See, sheep will walk walk into a danger zone if they're not kept after. And what happens? They end up falling over a cliff and so on. Sheep need affirmation that they're loved. They're concerned. Sheep. As human sheep, we struggle with pride sometimes and just going alone. We need attention. Sheep require meticulous care. I think I'd mentioned last week. Sheep are bothered by, I guess you would call them nose flies. And if they're not cared for quickly, those flies will lay an egg. Mm. in the mucus of their nostrils and so on. And in time, they'll hatch and end up in the brain of the sheep. So when the psalmist says in Psalm 23, no, he anointeth or talks about oil and so on, that is to keep away those flies. No, the shepherd is caring for the sheep. So a couple examples from real life. A parent, notice that their son or their daughter, whatever age, seems to be withdrawing some. Wise to check that out. You know, what's going on? Sometimes we need to help other adults how to think when we live in a news-saturated world. If you read very much news or listen to very much news and don't come back to Scripture repeatedly, you'll get sucked in to incorrect thinking. News is slanted. They don't tell the whole story outside. Critically, that's just the way it is. And after a while, we begin to get distorted. We need someone to care for us. So application, go to people and lovingly show them how they are going astray. If a sheep expect a shepherd to come after you, but go after people, whether it be your children, whether it be some believer, whether it be someone in your Awana group or Sunday school class, go after people. They may not always listen, but at least go after them. Go after people who don't attend. You know, they miss gathering with believers, pray for people. I am with a very strong conviction that one of the primary and not the primary, but one of the key primary ways a shepherd can care for sheep is to pray for them. A mom and a dad who will pray for their children and pray together for their children, that has a tremendous impact on their children. Individually, but together. A Sunday school teacher who prays for the students or... One, a leader who prays for the children. And I'm not talking about just bless people. I'm talking about specifically what they're going through, knowing their lives and praying accordingly. An elder praying specifically, a deacon praying specifically for people. Remember what uh, the 12 said when they got overwhelmed with taking care of widows? Select seven men who can take care of these widows so we can give our attention to the ministry of the word and prayer. That's all that is said in that context. So a very fair question you can ask a pastor or an elder or a deacon or a Sunday school teacher or a parent is, Are you sharing scripture and are you praying for those under your care? If those two are taken care of, a lot of other things will fall into place. And the shepherding will, I think, tend to fall into place. But just pray. Will you say they aren't changing? Remember Luke 18, don't give up. Keep praying and pray. Ask people how they're doing. Some of you may remember the name Dave Keener. He spoke here maybe a couple years ago. And uh, he's a guy that calls me every now and then just to check up on me. Yesterday, I gave him a call because he had given me a call and we didn't connect. We talked a little while and then he, he says, Hey, Dan, what's God been doing in your life? That's a fair question. So, you say to your children, you say to your husband or wife, you say to your Iwana group, or you say to Sunday school class, or you say to some another believer, you know, what's God doing in your life? How how are you doing in life? Oh, I'm doing good. Really? Yeah, really doing good. Do you have any problems I can pray about, or any joys you want to share? You're not doubting them, but don't be afraid to ask. Don't be surprised at what sheep will do. You know, sometimes, ah, I can't believe they did it. Why can't you? They're sheep. Ah, my kids shouldn't do that. They're sheep. Can't believe believer so-and-so did that. Why? They're sheep. I'm not excusing wrongdoing, but don't be surprised. Do not live alone. You need others. You know, don't build that island, so to speak. You know, step out and... Let others into your severe of influence. Do you share with others body life? How do you make decisions? Do you share your joys and trials? You know, Just you know, reaching out beyond your own little circle. Tied in with what we've been discussing, the scriptures we looked at in Acts 20 and 1 Peter. Sheep are stupid. Now, when I say that, I was reading a book by a shepherd, an actual shepherd who cared for real sheep. And I'm quoting him when I say sheep are stupid. He says sheep are stupid. And I'm not criticizing humans. But there must be a reason why God calls us sheep. Tells a shepherd to care for sheep. Sheep do not reason well themselves. A real sheep will not sit and think and figure out. Now, if I eat this grass too short, it's not going to grow again. If I eat that weed over there, it's going to cause me harm. If I walk over there to this, whatever you caught, I might end up falling over. You know, squirrels seem to have a little reasoning ability. We were living in the parsonage. Outside our window, we had the bird feeder. We thought we had it figured out. The squirrel could not get in the bird feeder, and I chased him away one day. In there and then I stood back enough so he wouldn't be scared away again. And I saw him just sitting there and looking and looking and looking. And lo and behold, he ended up on the house roof, jumped towards the door, and thrust himself from the door over to the bird feeder, and hung onto the bird feeder with his feet while he ate. I thought, you little rascal. But I think he was reasoning. Sheep apparently don't have that ability. A couple of examples from real life. <clears throat> Sometimes a child will make a decision that is not real good. They need Guidance, they don't reason it through. How many students, and wherever you are on this or wherever you were, how many students will borrow and borrow to go to college? Then they get out of college and don't get their dream job and end up in real deep trouble. Again, maybe someone to think through that situation with them. How many believers are really in debt because they haven't stopped and thought and reasoned? No, sometimes we don't reason well and I'm including myself in that. Number two, they do not see the consequences of choices. Sheep do not see the consequences of choices. they wander right over a cliff. Mm. Oh, if I go over here and I look down here and something might, well, I just don't apparently reason through that. Some examples. We don't always see the consequences of choices. How about the amount of time with TV or computer games, or the amount of time on the phone, you know, the impact that that might have. I'm not saying that they're all wrong. I'm just saying the amount of time. If you're an observant person and you are teaching people, you probably can tell within 10 or 15 minutes the amount of time they spend with TV, not the exact amount, but if they spend excess with TV, computer games, or just on the computer, phone, and so on, just by observing their responses. I'm going to make a statement. I'm not going to try to prove it at this point in time, maybe sometime in the future. Technology and the media will form you and change you if there's too much of it. If you look at the structure of media and technology, in many respects, it's the opposite of God's image. You say, Pastor... How are you coming to that conclusion? I took Genesis 1 and 2, and then the balance of Scripture and looked at the image of God. And then have read quite extensively on media and technology. And it's almost like they're going opposite directions. I'll give you one example. With most media and technology... You're not interacting with a person face-to-face. If you're watching TV, you're not interacting with a person face-to-face. You're texting someone, you're not interacting face-to-face. You're playing a computer game, you're not interacting face-to-face. But as you study the Trinity, interacting face-to-face is part of God's image. I'm not saying all other forms are sin. That's not my point. Please understand that. I'm just saying beware. I'm not saying avoid all TV and all technology and all media. We can't live in our world if we did that. I'm not saying avoid all that. Just recognize that there are some dangers involved. You know, reason. We may not always see the consequences of our choices. And again, I'm not knocking all media and technology and so on. Please understand that. I'm just saying be aware of That's part of seeing the consequences of choices. I guess tied in with that, isn't it interesting that we can watch some sporting event which may last hours, but when I'm done here tonight at 10 o'clock, how many of us will still be here? Don't worry, I won't go that long. You see where I'm coming from, you know, or reading the Bible. And again, just think about consequences of choices. Number three, sheep are, look at the present primarily. That's just the way sheep are. They see only the present. We humans, including myself, we tend to look at the present. And not know the future. So we have a guy in his 20s. He goes to college, or a gown her 20s, either one, goes to college, picks out a career so that they can get a good job, so that they can work a few years, and then they can retire and begin to enjoy life. Will you say they're not merely looking at the present, they're looking at the long-term picture. Really? I'm not knocking retirement. Don't get me wrong. They're not really thinking through that because they're only living for one thing. In this case, the future. And they're missing so much at the present. So someone wants to retire at 40, fine, 50, fine. That's, that's not where I'm coming from. I'm talking about when you are young and you live in the, as a young person based on one thing that you want in the future. You no, know, You're not stopping to think. You're living primarily for the present. And when you get to retirement, you probably will be miserable if you weren't living godly along the way. How about the present? I just want to be free of pain. I want to be free of pain, you know, some of us. We really want that. and That's what we live for. What do we miss? Character development. If you live only for that in the present. I'm not saying it's wrong to try to get rid of pain or do something about it. I'm talking if that's, you know, really your goal and unwillingness to accept pain. So apply to admit you need counsel and guidance. Consider a small group, especially family. I'm talking, might be marriage, might be you and your kids, it might be an extended family, a small group. My mom, my brothers, my sister, my in-laws, some of my nieces and nephews probably have more vested interest in me and concern for me than some people would. Why not draw from them? So I go to my nephew, Darren, and I say, Darren, I just want you to know I'm your uncle now, but I'm stupid in some areas. The Bible calls me a sheep, and I'm stupid. I'm not debating that. So I'm going to ask your counsel on some things. Why not? So I call my brother Bob and say, Bob, you know me a long time and we don't always see each other a lot, but uh, <clears throat> I think you love me and you care for me. I'm a sheep. I don't always make good decisions. I'm asking your counsel and your guidance. You know, just family. Look at the long term and the eternal in decisions, the impact of media, whatever it may be. Just look at the long term. What will be the impact in the long term? Ann and I at times talk about older people. Some of them are so nice and pleasant in the midst of all kinds of difficulties and others just seem kind of bitter and hard and so on. We've talked about that and you say, how in the world today, how did some turn out more pleasant and others are just kind of bitter and hard? I uh, think they've been practicing for years. (laughs) So here I am, I'm at 62, and if I live to be 80, have I looked at the long term of what I want to be like at 80? Do I want the grandkids to come or the grandkids to come and say, Pap, how are you? Ah, it's terrible, this rural world rots. I don't want to be able to say, oh my, I got some aches and pains, and you know my body doesn't go like it used to. But God's been good, He's been faithful, He's been teaching me. So practice today for what you want to be. You know, looking at the long term, you know, and doing that financially and so on. And we need guidance. So give guidance and counselor if you're a shepherd. You don't have to answer this next question. Do you admit that you're stupid? <laughs> Maybe that's not the word to use, but, you know, the idea is, do we admit that we need help? Ray. (laughs) And I think, you know, take that with a grain of salt, but go ahead, Ray. Time with the next description, which we won't get to tonight, but go ahead. No, go ahead. Any other comment, question? <laughs> Again, as God describes sheep, don't take the parallel too far. But when he does use sheep, he's trying to communicate something to us. You know, as to how we should live, how we should respond, and those who are shepherds, how they could should care for sheep. And I understand that human sheep can reason and think and You know, you can work with them different than animals. I recognize that. But yet, the characteristics set are true of sheep. If we ignore them as shepherd or as sheep, we will tend to get in trouble. So you have to take the word stupid and weigh that and figure that out. (laughs) And again, that's not directly from me. You know, that's what uh, a shepherd would say about the sheep he had. (laughs) Father, we thank you for your goodness, your faithfulness. We know that Christ is the chief shepherd, and we want to be sensitive to him. And those of us who are shepherds in various ways, we want to be sensitive and responsive to those we care for. And all of us as sheep, may we be mindful of what we are like, that we do need those who care for us and who will guide us and will direct us. It's in Christ's name I pray. Amen.